Welcome to Tailboard Talk, a fourth shift fitcast. The mission of Tailboard Talk and the fourth shift fitness is to educate and train fire service personnel to increase durability and decrease the potential for injuries and their associated costs. My name is Chris Morella, owner and founder of Fourth Shift Fitness. I'll use my experience as a personal trainer, strength coach, and 15-year veteran of the fire service to deliver tips, tricks, lessons, and information specifically geared towards the health and wellness of firefighters and paramedics. Each episode, you'll leave with immediate deliverables that will improve performance and resilience and keep you in the fight through your career and into retirement. Let's get into it. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back. Chris from 4th Shift Fitness. This is Tailboard Talk. And today I'm coming from you live from the couch. Me and baby Sawyer sitting here. Mom went to the park with baby Nathan. Uh, so we got just enough time to squeeze out a quick episode. And if you're listening to this episode during the week of May 17th to 21st, you're listening during our Spring for Change week. We delayed it, delayed, delay, and then decided to put it together uh, in a week that coincides with the California Mental Health Safety Stand Down. It also coincides with Ryan Maine's Run for Our Lives that's happening on the 22nd. So we're jamming it in the end of May here, one week long, and it's all about mental health. We're hitting the four pillars of uh, Spring for Change. But for today, I wanted to talk about something that happened to me in the past year directly related to mental health. And it's that I reached out through the through our department's EAP program to look for specifically a counselor or a therapist. Uh, and I'm going to go into that story later on. I'm still pretty new in the process of working with that counselor and uh, actually scheduling and going to appointments. I've been to a handful so far, but with the new baby, it kind of threw things for a loop. However, what I want to go through today is the process of working through EAP because it's something that your department or your city or your uh, the area you work in might provide it for you. And it sounds like it should be simple. It sounds like, well, you just call them when you need help and then they help you. But I feel like that's just like saying, well, we just go in and put the fire out, right? We all know there's way more details that happen there. There's way more small tasks that happen but we know them. We know what all those tasks are, so it's easy to say, well, we're just going to put the fire out. With EAP, there's a lot of unknowns because typically if you use it, you may not talk openly about it because like it or not, mental health and looking for counselors and therapists, it does still carry a bit of a stigma and in some places more than others. And if you ask someone about it, you never know if they've tried or not or if they'll be open with you about using it. And so Although it may seem like, yeah, you just call this number and when you need help and then they assist you, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, a lot of little details, and I want to share my process through specifically the EAP portion of it, just in case you're hesitant to call because of the fear of the unknown. And so that's what I'm going to go through today. It's going to be a short episode. Like I said, they're coming back from the park soon, but let's just kick it off real quick. And actually, we have to go back a few years. I'm not going to do a big backstory on this, but... Probably about four or five years ago, uh, the captain I worked for gave us all a letter. And it was during a relatively contentious time. I think we were going through a contract negotiation. We were out of contract for a few years. We might have even been talking about staffing reductions. But it was a really, really tense period uh, in my career. And the captain I worked for at the station I was at gave everybody a letter. Uh, I was just a typed out letter that said, hey, listen, we're going through a pretty tough time here. Just know that there's resources available. Here's the contact number for me. Here's the EAP contact. Uh, here's some other resources you might find valuable if you feel like you need them. 
and inside that letter was also a small EAP card and it it looked like a cell phone and it basically had like here's your here's the EAP program your city provides or participates in here's the contact number here's an app for it here's three or four different ways to to use it right so I I tucked that away um, I've, I've had it ever since and in moving stations and lockers and uh, getting a new car and all that somehow it ended up in my glove box in my my truck that I bought just a couple of years ago. So went through a couple of years, stuff started piling on. And like I said, I'm going to get more into that journey later once I want to tell the full story of how I kind of came to the decision to call. But long story short, that card from four or five years prior uh, was there when I needed it. And had that captain not provide me with that information, when I was really, I don't want to say desperate, when I was really feeling distraught, I may not have had the clarity to to uh, find the right number or care enough to find the right number, but because it was literally sitting next to me when I realized I needed it, it was relatively easy to start the process. I say relatively easy because there I had that fear of the unknown too. I really hadn't talked to anybody that used EAP before. Um, our EAP is pretty expansive, I've learned. It, I mean, they help with all sorts of logistic nightmares like um, babysitting, grocery delivery, dog walking, uh, legal advice. I mean, it's a pretty broad range of stuff that they can assist with. It just so happened that I'd never really talked to anybody who had used it for any reason necessarily. So I had that fear of the unknown too. But I was at a point um, where I knew I needed to do something. I knew what was going on wasn't great and I didn't have an answer anymore. And so I had to, I had to turn outside and, and go look for answers somewhere else. So I picked up the card, uh, called, and it started off by leaving a message. So they wanted to essentially get back to you, which is fine. At the time, it was almost like, oh, thank God, I didn't have to actually talk to anybody firsthand. Uh, so it was actually nice to leave a message because you're like, whew, got out of that one. Maybe I'll call till tomorrow and I'll be feeling better. And uh, I'll just tell them no thanks. Uh, so they basically want to know like, what's your name? Who do you work for? Or how'd you get my number kind of thing? And what are you looking for? What, what area of EAP are you interested in? Uh, they called back within five or six minutes, unfortunately for me, uh, kind of one of those things where you want to pretend it's a spam caller and not really face what's going on. Then, uh, because I had said like, Hey, I'm looking for a counselor. Um, I'm a firefighter for the city and, uh, I'd like a call back sooner than later. The person that called me back was actually a licensed therapist, uh, specifically trained in like evaluating people over the phone. And I can't remember the the exact level of training or license that it was, but he was essentially like a crisis counselor who could um, get a good read on what my needs were at the time just by asking some pretty basic screening questions, uh, kind of probing a little bit, but staying pretty surface just to make sure that it, there was no immediate threat. Um, and kind of determining from there what I needed, what would be the best path or course of action or schedule for me to get in contact with somebody. So it was probably like, probably like a 10 or so minute conversation. Uh, half of it was relatively informal and unstructured, and half of it was more or less a checklist, like an intake form. Uh, but one of the things I noticed was that when I started talking to him, and you know, I told him I worked for the fire department, I, I'm a paramedic, I've been assigned to an ambulance through the pandemic and for the past approximately 12 years before that. Uh, it was strange because he almost gave me a reaction like, 
Like, dude, what took you so long? Like, why, why didn't you call us sooner? Not to like guilt me or like shame me and, uh, um, that I didn't call sooner, but almost like, yeah, this is exactly what this is here for. Like you should be calling me. You probably should have called me a while ago because we could help you. And that felt confusing, right? But I also felt kind of good because that let me put my faith in someone else who had, who at least seemed like they had a little bit of experience with what was going to go on. And they understood maybe not necessarily exactly what I was dealing with uh, from the career side, and the profession side, but they understood the urgency and the demand for some sort of assistance. And I felt confident that they they knew what to do. Like when we show up on a medical or a, or a fire call and we tell people like, well, we can handle this. We'll figure this out. He gave me that same reassurance. So it started with, like I said, leave a message. They'll get back to you. I'm pretty sure that was just because they were busy. I, I'm pretty sure if you call at times, you may just hook up with someone right away. Uh, leave a message, get back to you. They call back very promptly. And then it was just a short, like I said, 10-minute conversation, screening questions. At the end of that, we tried to narrow down uh, more or less what I wanted to focus on um, or what I thought maybe I wanted to focus on. Uh, more or less where we thought my main stressors were coming from. And then we got to kind of decide... Uh, if I thought that, and then he asked me a few questions like, what's more important to you getting help immediately or meeting with someone immediately or, um, shopping around a little bit, kind of testing the waters. And then sometime within the next week, set you up with someone or what's more important, uh, someone being close to your house or specialized in firefighters and paramedics, what's more important, male or female, what's more important. Um, and you just had like three or four things to kind of narrow down what it was going to be. Uh, wrapped up the conversation with him. He said, hey, it's uh, a Friday. Uh, office is closed in the next two days. So what I'm going to do is submit all your information to our large pool of therapists and they're going to get back to you. And I'll give you three or four to choose from varying proximities to where you live and also what they're trained in and you can decide. And that was nice too, because I got to kind of look and originally I thought this would be good if I had someone that that um, was really close to where I work because of a convenience thing. Uh turns out that wasn't the case, more or less, and there were some other reasons too, which, again, the other story, uh, eventually I'll tell, we'll get into that, but um, essentially, from there, what, what happened was, you would respond back like, hey, I chose this person, I would like to try out a, a session with this person, uh, you report that back to the, the coordinator, essentially, for EAP, he would contact them, he sets up the appointment, uh, and then you go to the appointment. And they tell you, like, right off the bat, like, listen, if you go to one or two sessions with this person and you're not digging it, like, stop. Definitely don't keep going to something you're not into. Uh, there's an endless list of providers in your area. Just let me know and we'll hook you up with another one. Uh, and this is something that you'll have to figure out with your specific department or your city or whatever is how many sessions they provide before it switches to insurance or switches to out-of-pocket. Uh, my department, I think, provides six. And so you basically have six sessions to figure out if there's someone that you want to work with or to rule it out, which is equally valuable because then you know, okay, I need to go a different route to find someone. But at least in the meantime, you've been in front of two to three different people and maybe you get an idea of what will help or what kind of personality or what kind of um, specific therapist or counselor you may like. So it was just like that. Set up my first meeting, uh, coordinate through the, the, uh, the, the coordinator, went to it. He gave me a call afterwards. Hey, you know, you don't tell me anything about it, but do you want to continue with this specific person? 
I said yes. After the second one, I could kind of tell, like, man, maybe this person isn't for me. He called me again, or yeah, I think he emailed me again. I said, I'd like to try my another option. He sent me an entirely new list of three to four people because uh, we revised the criteria a little bit, and then it was just the same process over again. Hey, I want to go to this person. Cool, I set up the appointment. Uh, contact me back when you're going, and then go and report back. And it's just kind of that process until you essentially run out of your provided visits. Um, luckily, the second person I went to, I, I'm digging. I, I really like what's going on with that one. Uh, so I'm going to stick with that one. Uh, but they still provide your six visits. They still get you through six before it transfers over to either out-of-pocket or insurance. So that's a nice little benefit to know going into it is that you have at least six sessions or at least how many your department provides to start making headway on this thing. And it's a lot like physical therapy or coaching or anything like that where um, they they might tell you like, hey, we're gonna, we've identified kind of what's going on here. Uh, we're going to use up your six sessions. And if you feel like you need more, we can continue, but we're going to try to develop a plan potentially, depending on, like I said, what you're coming in with and what you want to accomplish, we can try to develop a plan within these provided sessions to set you on for success. And so uh, maybe we don't need to do like a long-term engagement type of thing. Maybe we can check in sporadically or a couple of times throughout the year or when you think you need it. But in these six sessions, I can give you the tools to be successful in the meantime. But again, that goes into finding the person you want to work with, finding the type of counselor or therapist that you're digging that you want to show up for um, because let's be honest, sometimes showing up for yourself just isn't enough, right? You, you need a little bit outside influence once in a while. Uh, and so that's the basic gist of it. I, it sounds really obvious, right? That you call EAP and EAP helps you. But like I said, there's a lot of unknowns in that roadmap to actually showing up to your first, um, your first appointment with the counselor or with a therapist uh, and so that's why I want to kind of share with you guys today was just kind of what I experienced going through EAP, because hopefully if you're on that verge of calling, if you think you might need help, you're not sure, but you're, you're kind of one of those people like me where there's any excuse in the world not to do like extra work or, you know, what you may think of as like busy work. Like that was my number one. That was one of my top reasons for not wanting to actually start going to therapy was like, God, dude, I just, I just didn't want to have to care about something else, especially something like this felt like another obligation. I just didn't want to devote time to because it felt like a hassle. It felt like definitely a weakness, definitely a shortcoming of mine that I was just like, ah, oh, man, just don't want to have to care and dig into one more thing. Um, I think it's okay to admit that. Like you don't have to want to necessarily go to therapy. Like I definitely did not to begin with. And I still, there's times I'm like, ah, maybe I'm good enough. And I, I got what's going on. Uh, but when you find the right person, you, you see value in going back to them with different and new and exciting issues <laughs> so they can help you figure them out. Anyways, I'm rambling on. The The whole point of this thing was to give you a little bit of insight into the EAP process. And I hope it cleared up a little bit of uh, questions. So if you're hesitant because you don't know what the process is or you're afraid of that unknown, maybe I gave you one or two uh, little insights in here that can take the frightening aspect out of it or the unknown aspect out of it and you're that much more apt to call should you ever need it. Guys, if if you ever need anything from me, obviously, I've said it however many episodes before, reach out. Reach out. Uh, I will definitely refer out. I'm not afraid to push you onto somebody who knows exactly how to help you, especially when it comes to this stuff where I'm not a trained counselor, therapist, anything like that. Uh, but I got the network to help you out. Okay. And if I don't know how to help you, I know someone who does. 
reach out, forceshiftfit at gmail.com. Find me, forceshiftfitness, on all social media, all that stuff. Let me know how you're doing. Uh, quick episode today, but hopefully a good one. Hope you enjoyed it. Talk to you soon. Be a force shifter.